0: I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X-Plates With a leprechaun who plays basketball Come to my smart house Meet my alien sister Don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom come Hey everyone and welcome to Mum Can't Cook, a Decon podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andy Farrant, and a monster
1: couldn't be under my bed because it's all clever storage down there. I'm the other host, Luke Westaway. Do you not think a monster could hide in a in a drawer? I don't see how. It's full of sh- shoes. A small monster easily could. Think of a gremlin. Uh think of a Okay. Think of a cat, an angry cat, like a monstrous cat.
0: Okay, well I hope he can breathe inside shoes because that's what's in there breathe inside shoes he's eating your shoes Andy actually you know what I've not been in there for a while it could be just full of dead monsters inside shoes yeah you know what you need is one of those floor beds yes yeah but then but then you'd get very flat monsters under it oh that's even worse yeah ones that would sort of slide
1: out like a thin disc yes like a thin monster disc yeah. and then and then they extend yeah or they don't like they just tube. sort of lie on you like a big flat cd-rom Mm,
0: they just sort of yeah, like a big flesh quilt. Yeah, they just sort of drape themselves over you, and what then?
1: Yep. Anyway, sweet dreams. Yep. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, that horrifying mental image that we just put in your head is considerably less frightening than the Disney Channel original movie that we're going to talk about today, mm. which is "Don't Look Under the Bed." Um, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Sorry. Shall we? Have, shall we? Let's have Let's have the promo. Yeah. Why not? What if your town suddenly turned strange?
0: Why is that dog on the roof?
1: What if everyone thought it was your fault?
0: Francis, do you have any knowledge about Mr. Kepler's car being vandalized? No! Don't forget
1: the gelatin in the swimming
0: pool. No!
1: What if you knew what was really behind it? It was the boogeyman! <laughs> so, leave the light on. Keep the door open. Scott What? Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And whatever you do.
0: Well, there is nothing living under my bed. Have you looked lately? And they come out and play. Don't look under the bed. Don't miss the Saturday premiere,
1: Saturday at 7.30, 6.30 Central
0: on Magical World.
1: Okay. Because people
0: keep all sorts under their beds. They do, you know. yeah. Just don't you know. look under there. There's all sorts of reasons not to look under someone's bed. Yeah, you know what? Just don't look. Just don't look under the bed. Just don't like, look under the bed. What's the best case scenario that you're going to find looking under someone's bed? That is a, that
1: is such a good point. There is no... Yeah. There is never a reason. good can come of it. Yeah, nothing Never good. a reason. The only knowledge you could gain is knowledge you would not want. Mm-hmm. Incl- yeah, yeah exactly including but not limited to monsters are under there literally a cursed pandora's box yeah um okay this was an interesting watch for me mm-hmm. i want i want to go i want to get this out the way now right okay don't look under the bed yeah it's not my favorite decom no but i think it is probably the best one. Ooh. i think i think this is the best disney channel original movie like interesting like i tell you, okay so in, like in, brink is my brink, favorite obviously yes motocross yes, yes. is my favorite i think this is the best film like it it's immediately
0: obvious that this it feels higher budget yeah than like all the others that
1: we've watched but i don't know if it is higher budget or if it's just better or if it's just like money better spent i don't know it's hard to tell yeah i think like i don't think this
0: the like the core of the story is is very good it takes them ages to get there. Yes. And then it's kind of stupid when they do. But the core of the story
1: is very good. Yeah, the core of the story is brilliant. And actually, like, I was sort of half enraged and half in love with the fact that you genuinely get 45 minutes into this film before you find out what the film is about. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, but did you I
1: mean, that's kind of frustrating though, right? It's just it's it, just yeah, events it, with no it is, kind of directional purpose. It, it, yeah, it is frustrating, but all of the events in the first forty five minutes are like intoxicating. Like they're so weird and everything has this bizarre vibe. I think tonally, um, it feels very, very much like they were aiming for like Edward Scissorhands is the film that just yeah. is in my mind when I when I watch it. It's got a lot of Uh, like that sort of era Tim Burton influence I think Um, a lot like Beetlejuice feels very strongly in this film's kind of DNA but you know these are like these are these are flattering comparisons I think so a lot of like the shots
0: and the events in this film reminded me yeah of nothing so much as a Nightmare on Elm Street
1: film oh okay yes 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 I can absolutely see that especially in the camera work
0: yeah yeah the, yeah and the sort of like um
1: unreality b- bleeding into reality thing yeah. that happens a lot in nightmare on elm street and again the set the thing that was making me think of edward scissorhands this idea like the kind of nightmare suburbia mm-hmm. um this which is just a trope that like every time every time there's a film with a nightmare suburbia i always enjoy it like you yeah. know like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something something beneath the surface of a of, uh, mm-hmm. a seemingly perfect community yeah, yeah, with yeah, darkness yeah, yeah, yeah. at its heart yeah this um uh the, the other thing that's amazing about this movie is just the context um surrounding it so i i, th- I find it genuinely odd that this movie... i think if this movie had been released in theaters it would be a huge cult hit today mm. and i know it, it obviously has a following as do many decoms um but like i i really think this would be sort of part of pop culture if it had ever yeah. got a cinematic release
0: like gremlins
1: or that um yes. that fred savage movie little monsters yeah yeah um so it yeah so it, it premiered on the disney channel in 1999 it was mm-hmm. the second decom to receive a tv pg rating due to its scary scenes yeah and what's amazing about it is uh and we can kind of get into this when we finish talking about it was like the director has said since that they tried very hard to make the film scary but not too scary mm-hmm. um but Once it started airing, uh, the Disney Channel started getting, like, complaints and, like, angry letters from parents, and basically the Disney Channel stopped airing it because it's too frightening.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, like, conceptually, it's kind of, like, spooky, funny, scary. Yeah. Most of the time. Yes. But, like, the... (laughs) <laughs> the makeup department and the um, prosthetic effects department
1: just went way too. They hard. went ham. <laughs> they went so hard. And also, there are like there are quite a few proper jump scares. Yeah, like just full on something horrible happening very suddenly and quickly with a big musical s- like Dah! and like everyone screaming. Yeah, it does. I mean, it it generally like follows
0: that up with um, the character Larry doing something wacky and fun. But yeah. it's just like, oh, what what was that? And he's like, Hey, everyone, look at me! I'm doing a dance. And you're like, Oh, okay, okay, let's go. Oh God, is this another. Th-? <laughs> it's real. It's all like you're back and forth, the, the whiplash
1: from this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's real. But that's a, that's the. Uh, I think that's the other thing I like. Um, at the heart of this movie, it's it's kind of like a, a two hander. Um, between the character of Francis, who's the main character yeah. played by Erin Chambers mm-hmm. and uh, uh, yeah, the implausibly named Larry Houdini, Larry Houdini played by Eric Ty Hodges, the second. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I really, really like, I, I just think they're both doing a tremendous job um, and they're both very likable. And yeah, uh, especially like when you think about what like the character of Larry is and how wrong it could have gone. like. Yeah. It's like oh, imagine if someone was like oh, you know, do a bit like the genie from Aladdin, but you're not Robin Williams and don't have his like stock of talent and charisma. So yeah, or the um, or
0: you know, Drop Dead Fred uh, mm. with Rick Mail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. another kind of along the same lines. You you need to be like incredibly charismatic to pull off this kind of role. Yeah,
1: and I I, I do think there's I do think these performances mm-hmm. are really good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the. I think one of the reasons I'm I'm want to say all this is because I'm worried that when we talk about this movie, it's not going to be very funny. Yeah, because this movie is like good. <laughs> it's accidentally <laughs> good, um, but it is also very funny to me that they made this film too frightening. <laughs> and like all the way through, there's just constant things that are just way too frightening for a kid. It's a one kid. of those things where you could just like you could
0: rescore it with um, the soundtrack from like Hereditary or something, yeah. and it would be properly a horror film
1: well well i, I mean I, i'm not even sure um that you that you need to um because like so the music is really good in this film mm. and and this is the last thing i say we will get into the recap i promise but the music i looked this up it's uh daniel licht who uh was the composer on dexter the tv show right okay which obviously has a kind of you know very yeah. uh sort of creepy score um uh, also was the like the Silent Hill video game series main composer oh my for, God. for quite, for, you know, for, for like a stretch of that series history and scored both Dishonored games. So, like, Okay, so he's bringing that energy yeah, to this. <laughs> yes, he's bringing that sort of, I mean, Disney if, if, Channel. yeah, if you're not big into video games, you just need to know that those ones are like messed up. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. They have weird stuff going on in them and an odd uncomfortable vibes
0: okay so this film don't yep. look under the bed uh it's set in a town called Middleburg. Yes. um we're being told about this by the narrator uh a 14 year old girl called francis bacon mccausland um she says that Mid- <laughs> Middleburg is a middle-sized town in the middle of the country but in my dreams it felt like someplace else familiar but strange so mm. she's like
1: dreaming while she's narrating this so as we get these shots of uh francis dreaming it's sort of intercut with footage of gothic architecture from around uh-huh. the town um the way it's shot sort of is implying that you're getting the point of view of a monster sort of creeping around um we hear like uh, sinister chuckling um and we see that the town's clock starts spinning rapidly forwards in time yeah, in Fran's
0: room, um, the shadow of a clawed hand moves across the room towards her. Her digital clock starts, like, advancing super fast. We're about 45 seconds in and it's too scary. Well, I bet, and then one of the
1: dolls, the porcelain dolls on her shelf, yeah. turns to look at her. Yes, in something that's going to become a motif thr- throughout the film, inanimate faces in the background just turning to follow Francis. It's so scary. <laughs> it's like the
0: scariest thing that could possibly happen. It's like dolls. It's just uh, like Annabelle 2.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Oh. But as well, it's like Annabelle 2. But if also behind Annabelle, there was this like clawed shadow creeping along the it's ceiling like... to kill you. Oh God. Freddy Krueger's glove coming out. from yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's got a real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Krueger claw vibe. So um, an alarm goes off and we see two parents uh, wake up. And back in the in Francis's room, the creepy shadow uh, is now the shadow of a sleepy mom um, who is sort of opening the door and saying, get up, yeah. time to get up, honey. Uh, the dad is played by Stephen Tobolowsky, who
0: you might know as um uh, the guy in Groundhog Day who keeps stepping in a puddle. Yes, is he called
1: well, Ned or something? needle nose Ned, yeah, Ned the yeah, Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the the mom is played by Robin Riker, who is Brink's mom. Yes, of course. Yeah, so there you go. Um, so Francis is sort of struggling to to wake up. Uh, she says, still in voiceover, that morning I was extremely tired. Mm. Uh, then the whole family is up. We we get a scene kind of around the the dinner table downstairs. The whole family's still up, but it's dark outside. Well, they've all been woken up by
0: the alarm. They're exhausted yeah. Yeah. and um, they're like, oh, it feels it feels so early and it's dark out. And yet all the clocks say it's seven. So it must be seven. Yeah. I don't know. Which, I mean, you know, makes
1: sense. What else can you what can you do apart from check all the clocks? If all the clocks. Are, but I mean, I don't know. I'd assume I didn't it do... was a weather event. Yeah. Or like Eternal Night had come on.
0: Or I was in a dreamscape and Freddy Krueger was about to eviscerate me with his claw. Yeah. Um. This...
1: Um. This scene makes my stomach lurch. It makes me feel like you know that particular feeling when you when your alarm wakes you up at four a.m. to go to the airport or like go on yeah. holiday, and it's like mm-hmm. you just feel all wrong. Yeah. It's like you're already like, jet lagged from the moment you wake up. That's what this scene yeah, is pa- like. How like
0: powerfully unable to get out of bed. There's
1: something about watching a family like eat cereal around a breakfast table in the middle of the night that is it is like a powerfully unwholesome visual Deeply unwholesome yeah yeah well they also they're all just like
0: arguing and bickering with each other yeah um the mum notices that there were two dozen eggs
1: in the fridge last night and now there aren't any mm, so yes
0: yes that's very mysterious
1: so the um we meet other members of the family as well as mum and dad Francis has two brothers one older one younger the older one is called bert He's going to have yep. very little impact on the story. And the younger one is called uh, Darwin, who is going to have a much more prominent role. Yeah. Um, I'm the one they blame for everything, says Bert, the older
0: brother. That's because you have so much pent-up aggression, says Francis. I do not, he screams and makes himself large. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. The dad walks back in. He's been on the uh, the naval observatory website to check the time. Yeah, he's and been he, on the... <laughs> Been on the internet to look at what the time is. <laughs> what the time is. And he drops the bombshell that it's 4 23 AM. That's
1: right. Every clock in the house is th- three hours wrong. Yeah. So the family confused, they all go back to bed. Um, but francis can't get back to sleep. In voiceover, she's musing that there must be a logical explanation for this. And then we get a shot of the roof of the house. Yeah. We see a clawed foot poking through a, a, a an old and tattered shoe. Uh, an equally clawed and horrible hand in in what seems to be sort of ragged Regency dress Um, (laughs) is also seen uh, tearing open a big bag of dog food. So scary. Yeah. (laughs) So scary. It drags a a jagged claw in an X through this bag of dog treats. Do you know, have you seen Interview with the Vampire? Of course. Right. So, you know, at the, at the end, Oh God. They find like the eviscerated remains of, um yeah. tom cruise's lestat the vampire, Lesta- vampire. Lesta- yeah, yeah like so he's kind of in this regency dress but like not uh you know he's been like starving and like eating rats for uh uh-huh. like hundreds of years so that's what's on francis's roof right now kids yeah uh a delicious dog biscuit is dangled on a piece of string mm-hmm. over a little white dog yes uh and we hear a sinister voice say that's it come here mm-hmm You can hear from that clip that this film is too frightening, I think. Yeah, like
0: way too frightening. So, yeah, the next day, Frances um, is explaining that she skipped a grade at school um, because she doesn't think you should waste a lot of time growing up. She meets her friend Joanne. She wants to know why Frances isn't taking the bus. And Frances explains that no one takes the bus to high school. It's just for children
1: and stupid babies. Yeah. Uh, Frances skipped a grade. Um, All all this scene setting is very effectively, I would say, just giving us an impression of her character. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is... Um, I don't want to say lacking imagination, but she doesn't like childish things. Yeah. Uh, She likes science. She likes rational things. um, And she, you know, she's very, very smart. uh, And that has obviously been recognised by her being like skipped up a grade.
0: Yeah. So talking to Joanne, um, it seems that Joanne and everyone in the neighbourhood, all their clocks um, were three hours off. They think that's weird. But then they notice a dog on the roof. And then another one. That's right. Every roof has a dog on it. Yep. Yeah. The camera pans across several dogs on several roofs. They look at these dogs and they go, "Whoa, dogs on the roof!" And then
1: they do nothing about it. <laughs> they then they, well, they no, go no, to no, school. No, no, no. To be fair to Francis, what would you do if you're just walking down? Know. If you're walking down and you see a cool dog, animal control. See, yeah, but like, if there's a dog on every roof, yeah, we call animal control and say there's a dog on every roof. A, well, I think they would probably want to know. I think they I think I don't think their phone's going to be. I don't think they're going to answer. They'll be like, "Yeah, we know." <laughs> That's a <laughs> whole deal. Oh yeah, no, so get like, a ladder maybe and get a, get the dogs down. There's nothing wrong with a dog being on the roof. It's there's nothing inherently. There's nothing wrong with. What do you mean? What do you mean? There's nothing wrong with a dog being on a roof. There's nothing inherently wrong with a dog on the roof. Like, it's okay up there, isn't it? Like, if he has got food and, and water, they're like, why can't a dog be on the roof? Because ledges and it will fall and die. Well, yeah. It'll yeah. burst on the sidewalk. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, can't we trust the dog to... What happened to personal responsibility? Can't we trust a dog to look over the edge and go, I'm not going to jump off that and burst? But it can't get down. How are you going to feed a dog on the roof? Well, I can't get... Well, how, how did it get up? It was fished... I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it was
0: fished up there by some <laughs> starving vampire.
1: Yeah, but if you don't know about a starving vampire, I would see a dog on the roof and be like, well, if it got up, it can get down. How did it fish it up? <laughs> well, some of these dogs are massive. I think at the point where the dog clamped its jaws around the biscuit and then the biscuit was sort of pulled upwards, most dogs would be like, actually, no. I might let go. I might let go. All right, how are you feeding your roof dog then?
0: Well, I'm not saying that... you Are you going to punt some kibble up the chimney? I'm not
1: saying a dog should live on the roof. Well, it sounds to me like you are. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I... Walked past a house, several houses, and there were dogs on roofs. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would like take action. I think that's really weird. But I'm not. All right. What if they were? What if they were babies? If if they were human babies on the (laughs) roof? Yeah. Well then. Well then, I'd call animal control. Oh, okay. Right. I see. (laughs) I see how. it is. And I'd say, I look. And I'd say, listen. A baby's an animal. Yeah. So I've got you. You have to come help these babies. You have to come down here with like a big net. Yeah. Okay. Look. I recant, don't put your dog on the roof. I think it's bad for a dog to be on a roof. Yeah.
0: Oh, your, your team, whatever this evil thing is, you're like, I think it's good what it did. Yep. So
1: just mark that down. I, just... I unilaterally approve of all of its actions.
0: So <laughs> audience, just bear that in mind in future when you're... Considering Luke's character So
1: <laughs> They're off to
0: school uh, She's at high school now She's four, She's 14 She's at high school I don't understand How American schools work I feel like you Go to high school Early in that But that's fine Whatever Yeah She's walking along Talking to um, to Joanne When suddenly She sees a cool guy In shades And a Hawaiian shirt Sitting on a rock mm. He takes the shades off And is like eh. Yeah
1: he kind of uh, he, he raises his eyebrows In a s- sort of Almost flirtatious manner Yeah is that
0: guy staring at us what guy well well he was just right there okay francis
1: i gotta get going but i'll see you here after school okay
0: um so francis goes into the school this guy is not there Anymore, He's sort of vanished. But as she walks into the school, he's sitting on the the sort of arch over the doorway, watching her go in. She goes to uh, Mr. Kepler's uh, biology class. He's teaching about chicken embryos. He says, eggs are good. And then we smash cut to a thousand eggs landing on his beloved car.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, his car is bombarded by hundreds of eggs amid insistent, dis- like in- this insistent disembodied laughing. Mm-hmm. The note I have here is it's like this script is written by a word randomizer. <laughs> You know, it's like a, a one thousand eggs fall on car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so or like French poetry. A thousand, yeah, eggs, yeah, fall on. What have we got here? Car. car. All right. Now there's a scene. It, you might be thinking that this mystery boy who keeps vanishing is is involved, but we also get a shot of the mystery boy like jogging across the roof of the school and seeing the egg covered car and looking dismayed so he then yeah he looks at a thousand empty egg cartons and sort of like nods thoughtfully
0: to himself yeah and you're like Mm. what is this film what the hell is going on so back in the class um mr kepler says that's the wonder of the egg unaware that his opinion on eggs is about to drastically go down oh you like eggs
1: do you kepler <laughs> <laughs> well you have a thousand of them on your car i thought you'd like it all over your car you're always talking about how good eggs are yeah you presumably have no trouble with any amount of them
0: so francis is like oh um i've been collecting statistical data on everyone whose clock uh, clocks were wrong yep and she sort of hands over this list of like names and addresses of all the students yeah she's
1: been like digging into what happened um, yeah she, she she wants to find the rational explanation
0: but then, so the teacher is looking through this and we have a shot of Francis sat at her desk and she's in focus and the background of the scene is out of focus. But there's a taxidermied bird sat on a shelf. Like a raven. Yeah, like a raven. You So you can tell from the shape what it is. It's not in focus, yeah. but then its wings move. Yeah, it sort of flexes its wings and, and cores. Yeah. And then an anatomical skeleton sort of turns its oh. head to look at Francis. It's like, a, okay, so have you seen um, the recent it movie yes so there's a lot of stuff in the background of scenes in that where right people will like turn and look at the characters and they will just have like a rictus grin on their face and that's how you know it's like pennywise the clown is sort of watching yep The yes. children it's not the focus of the scene you can only catch it on rewatches. Yep. but it's like unbelievably effective horror technique yes and they're using it here in this disney channel original movie
1: yeah 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 just like that so much stuff is just sort of happening subtly in the background they uh, the netflix haunting of hill house yeah, as well yeah. had like loads of that sort of like just messed up stuff happening like very subtly in the background oh so creepy so then in one of the most striking shots in any film i've ever seen <laughs> um <laughs> the camera sort of like smashes to to Francis's pov and mm-hmm. she notices the mystery boy again he stood right there in class kind of at the front of the classroom uh, he stood behind a one of those like big sort of life-size anatomy models like a sort of cross-section of a yeah. human showing the musculature and stuff but one because it's a cross-section there's only half of it it's sort of divided like vertically you know you, you know you know what i mean you can picture yeah
0: it. but it's it's got half a head so you can it's see half, half of the anatomical yeah. model's head and then the other half is his
1: head standing behind it yeah and he's just you know he's just sort of just staring with an intent expression and there's a sort of like zoom on it she obviously does a double take when she looks back he's gone it's just the anatomical model yeah he's got different clothes on than he had before though he's got different sunglasses on every time he you see him. yeah new new sunglasses every scene yeah um mr kepler notices that francis was was staring into space um and is not pleased but not nearly as uh, unhappy as as he is later when he goes outside and finds his egged car
0: yeah when he discovers the ruins of his car yeah the eggy ruin who who did this he says and francis is sort of staring at his car yeah and he he thinks that maybe she knows something about it meanwhile the guy with shades has a dog also in shades he's on the roof (laughs) everyone is starting to get their dogs down from these roofs yeah but he's up there with a dog and no one seems to be able to see him yes what the hell is going on so Joanne offers her theory on how the dogs got up onto the roof. Yep. She says, what if a helicopter flew over so low that the dogs thought they could catch it? That's, that's, what, that's logical, she says. So that's, Joanne has offered
1: this theory. Thanks for playing, Joanne. <laughs> and you won't skip to grade, you say? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, It could happen. Uh, so while they're having this chat, Bert the big brother, cycles past and Joe confesses to Francis that she has a crush on Bert. That's right. Uh, we get a bit of mysterious backstory. We're not really sure what it means, though, because uh, Joe says, I think it's really brave what Bert did for your little brother. Mm-hmm. And Francis says dismissively, all he did was lie there. Yeah. So Bert
0: donated something to his younger brother, yes. Darwin. Um, Francis looks across the street and sees Sunglasses Guy again. Are you following me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. You can see me? Well, yeah. So a bus drives past and suddenly this figure is gone. Mm. We get a scene now where Francis narrates about the strange things that are happening all over Middleburg. Someone put gelatin in the school swimming pool. A person dived in and got stuck with their legs sticking out. Surely they died.
1: There's no way. Also, the... When you see this wide shot of the pool, it's a very odd kind of CGI green screen thing with these legs sort of poking out. Mm -hmm. The pool, it's not just like gelatin in the pool. It's like bright, it's it's bright red jelly. Yeah, it's a red, like blood-coloured, fleshy gelatin. You would have to walk up to the diving board, look at the Mm -hmm. pool and go, hmm, it's a solid Mm. block of jelly today. Best dive anyway. Head first. Maybe coach is testing us, testing our resolve. Yeah,
0: better fill my lungs with this jelly. (laughs) Um, a colony of bees colonised the principal's
1: office. Uh, we see him being attacked and stung to death. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the school bus has been filled with water, and there's a pretty awesome effect shot of someone like opening the door to the school bus and just like a load mm-hmm. of like water pouring out. And the letter B, yeah, has been graffitied. the letter B has
0: been graffitied all over town on every every wall and roof.
1: It's it, the letter B. It's everywhere. on shoes. It's on people's bags. It's on walls. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew who was responsible or who to blame. But they wanted to blame somebody.
0: Yeah. Another doll turns and looks at Francis.
1: (laughs) At this point, like we are, we're about 15 minutes in runtime wise. Mm -hmm. And you haven't even been given the, the whiff of what, the plot of this what film on is Earth is going what on. on. Earth is, Francis
0: yeah. is tossing and turning in her sleep. We see outside strange feet and clawed hands planting flowers. Franny, uh, it says, yeah, while digging in the, in the garden with a with a trowel. Freddy Krueger ass thing yeah. out there in the street.
1: So Franny wakes uh, in a sort of panic the next morning when she heads downstairs. Uh, a bust on a dresser turns to watch her pass and the camera just sort of freely tilts on its axis it just kind (laughs) of like when weird stuff happens the camera just sort of starts to spin not horizontally but like like dutch angle yeah yeah like into a kind of dutch angle like i want to say like the z-axis i don't know but it's like it's yeah it's really unsettling
0: De- yeah, really destabilising for the audience. Um, the family are all in the kitchen discussing these pranks that have been happening. Um, they think it must, must be a kid at school. Um, and then uh, Dad notices that all the gelatin is gone from the cupboard. He was going to make his wiggly fruit thing for dinner tonight.
1: Yeah, this okay. is another thing that I think is very effective horror about this movie. And, and this is the thing that really, really feels sort of like Tim Burton-y to me, mm-hmm. is that the mom and dad are not warm and loving... They are extremely weird and sort of uh, like alienated from all. Every adult figure is is odd, yeah. behaves oddly, talks weirdly. When the dad says that he was going to make his wiggly worm thing, yeah, he's like he's holding an enormous kitchen knife mm-hmm. and is just sort of like slowly advancing towards Francis as he says this. It's like it's really threatening. It's, <laughs> like it's it's not like. He's not a decom dad, you know. This isn't so, this isn't like the mom can't cook. This is like the yeah. parents just sort of like drift around, turning their head to look at Francis and like, like pod people. Pod pod people is exactly it. Yes, it's so yeah, it's so unsettling. Yeah. Um, we cut to the
0: outside of the house. Joanne is there, and she says to Francis, "How could you do this?" Mm. And we pa- pan out to see that plants have been planted on the front lawn to spell out "Joe Hart's Bert." Yes. Joanne is distraught. Um, Francis says I didn't do it and she's like you're the only
1: one who knew Mm. she runs off so it seems like and thank God at this point something you can sort of hold on to as the viewer is emerging Mm. and it's that magical pranks are happening all over town and and whoever is behind them seems to be going out of their way to get Francis in particular in trouble But before you can think
0: about that too much, um, the family's mailbox, which has a pig's head on it, turns to look at Francis and slowly opens. Uh, she sort of spins to look at it and it's back to
1: normal. <laughs> it's it's so, so freaking weird and unsettling creepy. and scary. It like, yeah, like the head just sort of like, yeah, because the head is the the, 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 the you know, the door, the little the, door. F- yeah, the flap of the yeah, thing. So the head just sort of like hinges off. Uh, so oh my god and then francis goes to school Uh huh. and when francis gets to school she walks up to it and every other kid outside is frozen on the spot yeah like they are just fro like frozen in in the middle of all of their sort of normal actions totally silent francis walks among them looking at them and then suddenly the bell rings and they all at the same moment start moving and it is yeah. really weird. It's really effective and really scary. Like this,
0: So this isn't what the film is about. But if this was a film about a girl having a psychotic break,
1: yeah. it, would, it would not change. Yes. <laughs> it would be the same yeah. film. Masterfully done. It, also, yeah. a lot of the things that we're describing now, when you do know ultimately what's going on, they still don't really come especially into focus. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't really make sense ultimately with the plot why this thing with the, like, the... All the kids frozen on the spot happens, but it's it's effective. I feel like they had the idea, thought, yeah, that really messed them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they get home, crack open these their kids have had it too too good for too long. Too good for too long yeah it's 1999 it's time these kids grew up you're coddling these kids. you're coddling we them need to give them a hard dose of reality are they going to be ready for the millennium bug when it rears its ugly head i don't think yeah. so time to toughen up
0: okay I've, I've just got i've just got back from a meeting uh, we don't have the rights to show hellraiser on the disney channel but oh, what if we made our own film
1: but i do have 50 dollars and 24 hours <laughs> i do have a load of porcelain dolls <laughs> Uh, and a Freddy Krueger. The reasons I don't want to get into, I've broken all the heads off, but it means they spin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so in school, um the letter B is graffitied onto all the lockers except for Francis's. Yeah. And everyone's talking about how she must be the one who did it. And she's like, "Uh, it's, it it can't possibly have have been me," she says. It uh, doesn't prove anything. Um she opens her locker and there is a B on the inside on of the, the door.
1: Inside of the door, it's proof. Behind her, a tiger statue growls and its eyes glow purple. <laughs> because <laughs> all the Disney Channel viewers' <laughs> bladders freely release. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't have drunk all that Sunny D. No, you shouldn't. Look, it's 1999. The Matrix is coming out. Yeah, Things are about to change. It's the millennium, yeah. kids. They're at, at lunch. At lunch, another kid walks up.
0: He looks about... 20, he's got a receding hairline All like all the kids in this movie yeah. the actor playing Francis yeah. who is supposed to be 14 is 20 this guy looks like in his late 20s maybe even early 30s supposed to be a high school kid yeah.
1: but here's the thing the rest of this film is so competently put together that normally in a decom I would laugh about that and say, ha ha, what terrible casting. Here I'm wondering if it's a deliberate directorial choice to unsettle and unnerve the <laughs> Why are all these
0: adults <laughs> in, in high school... A it's weird a, d- a David Lynch-style <laughs> choice yeah.
1: to deliberately wrong-foot the audience. Mm. Uh, yes, It's just a high school full of elderly people. So... Yeah, in this. So this other kid is asking her, "Hey, like, hey, Francis, why did you do it?" Francis is getting really annoyed at this point. And then across the lunch room, she sees the mystery boy again. He's now yeah in in an impossibly cool, sharp suit. She charges yeah. over to confront him. Aren't you gonna run away this time? I didn't really run away. Yes, you did. I, oh, I just needed some space to reevaluate
0: the situation. I didn't know you could see me. Why wouldn't I be able to see you? Nobody else can. Yeah, right. All right. Hey, Bert, ah,
1: ah. Uh. Ooh. Well, that's stealing, you know. Well, he knows he shouldn't eat this I stuff. It makes his yeah. face break out.
0: Well, what's your name, anyway? Houdini. Larry. Houdini. Yeah. So this, uh, this Larry Houdini character isn't a real person he says he's an imaginary friend Mm. and um francis says well i don't have an imaginary friend and he's like (coughs) who said i was your
1: imaginary friend loser yeah while he has this conversation by the way larry is bent over backwards in bridge pose Mm -hmm. like um regan from the exorcist running down the stairs yes yeah right uh so francis walks off in annoyed confusion uh, and Larry follows, yeah. saying that he thinks he must have been sent here to help her.
0: He's dressed as Sherlock Holmes now. It's not important, but just so you know. Yeah, just so you know. Um, he, almost every he, time
1: <laughs> you see... We, shall, should we mention... Yeah, yeah, we'll keep mentioning all the things he wears. I think we can do it. Yeah, we'll do a um, we'll do a Larry fashion check as we move Yes, through. yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's got an English accent now. He says, there's something very peculiar going down in this burg, Watson, and it looks to me like you're in the middle of it. Yeah. So he
0: knows who egged Kepler's car. He said it was the boogeyman. Mm. And he's got it in for you, Fran. You're
1: being framed. And then he holds a picture frame up over his face. Classic. Yeah. Uh, in response, Francis gets up on a chair and addresses the whole cafeteria, pointing at, at Larry and saying, does anybody know who this guy is? But nobody can see Larry. Yeah. They all sort of laugh and mock. They laugh. Yeah. They laugh because they're like, ha ha. She's clearly having a mental breakdown. Yeah. Um And... Francis is called to the principal's office. Yeah. Now they've got evidence that she might be
0: behind this because her middle name is Bacon. I also just, with a B. just have to
1: say that the principal has no fewer than four massive tigers painted on his wall. <laughs> like in, pe- like in, in sort of different paintings in different styles. Yeah. I think the school team is like the tigers or the or the what? Yeah, no, I think it must be because they have that tiger statue earlier yeah. as well. But it's still very odd and well, I didn't really
0: notice because the principal's face is mostly bee stings because of the <laughs>
1: the, the terrible bee attack that he was subjected to yeah, earlier. So the principals in the principals there. So is Kepler the biology teacher, and so is a school counselor. Uh, the principal and Kepler are giving Francis the third degree over all of the pranks that are happening. Yeah. In desperation, Francis says, look, there's this boy. He's been following me around and he says his name is Larry Houdini.
0: Yep. And then Larry goes past the door. Um, Larry Houdini, fashion check. He is dressed in full
1: ice hockey gear, including rollerblades. Yeah. Uh, he sort of like slams heavily into the doorframe. Mm-hmm. Um, Francis shouts, there he is! And and runs after Larry, um, chases after him to a sort of weird piano jazz backing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she chases him into the music room and he's in there and he says, hide in the bass drum. And then sort of rolls around like a kitten on the top of the grand piano. <laughs> he explains why he's here. The reason... What is going on? <laughs> the, the reason... <laughs> He heard a voice in his head telling him to come here. Yeah, he says he was sent here by the same person that puts catchy jingles in your head. And Francis says, you mean Barry Manilow? <laughs> look, all right, look, DCOM writers, I know it's hard to know what kind of music young people like. Barry Manilow. Uh, Barry Manilow. To- <laughs> you can try harder than this. You can t- it's 1999. Barry Manilow's music is timeless.
0: Kids will still love it. <laughs> 14-year-olds in 1999, they're grooving to the great
1: sounds of Barry Manilow. Yeah, they just love it. I'm a real teen. <laughs> um, so, uh, the teachers like run into the music room. They catch up with Francis. Yeah.
0: Let's see you get out of this one, she says, of the situation she's already seen play out the same way twice. How will it play out this time? Um, the same. They can't see Larry and he's vanished.
1: Uh, let's have a clip of this because I want audio of the saxophone thing. Oh, the saxophone is so good. <laughs>
0: There he is, Larry Houdini. I, I think this joke has gone on long enough, Francis. What are you talking about? He's right here. He's, he's playing a saxophone. He's moonwalking.
1: I'm going to have to call your parents. That saxophone bit is so choice.
0: Fashion check. He is wielding a saxophone <laughs> and sort of like doing the running man on, on a table.
1: You can't he's, moonwalking. he's moonwalking on a saxophone. He's Sorry, he's playing the saxophone and moonwalking. And the camera just swings to reveal exactly that. It's so yeah. good.
0: She, she looks back. He's gone. <laughs> she looks back again. He's back. Fashion check. He's wearing a marching band outfit.
1: <laughs> we are half an hour into this film. Do you know what it's about? Because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, he's dressed as a band leader, but this time he vanishes and Francis can't find him. Mom is called in to talk about Francis' behaviour. The school counsellor lets slip a bit of backstory, which is that Darwin, the little brother, had leukaemia, hence receiving a uh, bone marrow transplant from big brother Bert. Uh, He's doing better Mm -hmm. now, we find out, and there's sort of hope that he's... Yeah, he's in remission. He's in remission, yeah. Out in the corridor, Francis is lying with a flannel over her eyes. Yeah. When suddenly... Yeah, um In, in something, the, the, the Silent Hill air raid yeah. alarm starts playing. Pyramid Head drags his enormous <laughs> sword down the corridor. <laughs> what happens is no less frightening and memorable. In a scene that I'm sure every child who saw this at the time has thought about every night since, every time they close their eyes, yeah. um everything goes dark. The corridor fills with pink smoke. A stuffed toy tiger turns its head slowly to look at her and the clawed hand sort of claws its way towards her and we hear a horrible voice say,
0: Can Freddy come out to play? This is exactly a Nightmare on Elm Street thing. It's the person trying not to fall asleep and then suddenly smoke starts billowing out from under their bed (laughs) and they're like,
1: oh no, I've I've fallen asleep. I need to wake up in the real world. What was the... What was... How did, I don't want to criticise because I think this movie is good, but how did they think this was going to be received? (laughs) How how do you, how do you, how do you not scarily film a a monster hand grabbing someone in their dreams? That's the thing. It's not like, like on the page, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. Like the script must have said something along the lines of, we see a clawed hand moving towards her and then there's the line of dialogue. Can Franny come out to play? Mm-hmm. How this, can this be made? There's no... I mean, it, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's take the
0: claws off the hand. Yes. Still it's still just as scary. A human hand comes out from underneath
1: the bench. Do you? This almost feels like a kind of uh, um, spell that freezes our situation. But can you imagine a reading of the line, Can Franny come out to play that isn't... That is isn't unbelievably sinister. Hang on, let me just try, let me just hang on. I'm no actor, but let me. T- All right, I'm fr- I'm Franny's fr- I'm I'm Franny's friend. I'm just one of Franny's friends. I'm like, hi, Mrs. Franny. Can Franny come out to play? Was that weird? Was that creepy? Yeah, that that was unbelievably creepy. Uh-oh. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> is it because I don't? <laughs> is it because I don't know Franny and I was talking like a child, even yeah. though I'm an adult? Yeah, you're a th- man in your thirties. <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: um yeah uh, yeah okay let me let me try it let me try it yeah, go, go for it go for it all right
1: okay <clears throat> how was that what Was that yeah that was good i think if i was directing this film and someone had just said that i'd be like yeah. i'm in- excited to include this in my in this children's media in this children's film yeah, <laughs> yeah. just oh god i'm just imagining that and so that,
0: Wikip- that wikipedia page that you read earlier where you were like they had some calls afterwards Yes, like, I—the idea that they would be surprised by this. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, right. I don't, no. I don't see, I don't see the issue. Uh, what was the, what were they scared about? What bit was it the eggs? The eggs landing on the car? Eggs. Uh, that's that's just you know, dogs on the it's roof. Not to, it's not going to happen
1: to their car. It's just a, yeah, just, just, a bit just fun. fanciful, just a sort of fanciful prank. Yeah. What they didn't like the, they didn't like the Ken Franny come out to play hand claw attack. <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell these parents. Yeah, except that the millennium bug is about to rear its ugly head and they're going to need to be prepared. Well, at least they know about leukaemia now and they might—and the fact <laughs> that they could get it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yes. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> so good. All good stuff. Um,
0: yeah, so back at home, uh, the mum and dad are sort of worrying about uh, Francis. They think, like, she might be behind these pranks. Yeah. She, uh, the mum starts to suggest that someone is controlling the minds of children using the television...
1: Yes, I think. Yes.
0: um, So the brother Bert sort of walks
1: in and turns on the TV. uh, And then I I feel like I have to talk about, like, again, like what the dad is doing in this scene. Okay, fine. He is dusting a Mm -hmm. big plastic fly and placing it and other toys in a green bucket. Yeah. What the f***? (laughs) 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 Like, I thought, like, is he just tidying up his kid's stuff? But he's like he's dusting everything before he puts it in a bucket, and you don't tidy things away into a bucket. No, again, it's this. And like... this plastic fly is like the size of a house cat. It's like <laughs> that's not a toy. <laughs> what? Ugh. It's so
0: yeah. It's so surreal, and it's uh, it's yeah. I don't I don't know what it's supposed to be evoking, but it's just this whole film is like you can't. You can't settle into it It's always constantly Like shifting and moving And you can't get comfortable Yeah
1: you can't focus on it It can't be caught yeah. On a conventional film <laughs> Oh man Yeah it's so bizarre but, but yes So Bert does They're like what? what? Bert walks yeah. in And turns on the TV And
0: then they all yell At this hero bone marrow donor Yeah For like daring to watch TV Yeah I don't know. I, I I think if I donated the bone marrow that saved my younger sibling's life, I probably wouldn't worry about if I was allowed to do anything around the house or not. Yeah, definitely. F- from that point onwards. I'd be like, I think
1: I'll watch TV if that's all right. Yeah. Oh. But Bert does reveal that everyone at school thinks that Fran is the ringleader. Yes. Um, so up in her room, Francis is on her computer mm-hmm. uh, and she says it's got to be mass hypnosis. That's the oh. only explanation. Then she spots no. on the carpet near her bed, little bits of flower uh it's the same flower from the garden display the one that says um joe Hart bert yeah flowers they're they're kind of yellow flowers yeah she's then jump scared by her little brother darwin Mm -hmm. who comes in and asks are you sure there's no boogeyman yeah and he says that a big boy told his friends about the boogeyman and the big boy was called larry that's right francis is like larry what did he look like and yep. and darwin says i don't know they said he was playing basketball but i couldn't see him so and then darwin sort of drifts back out the room it's so haunted yeah
0: yeah darwin drifts back out of the room and it, you're like well that was a little that was a little unsettling but at least it wasn't too scary yes, and then the film's like F- you and two monster hands like plunge out
1: of a mirror and try <laughs> to grab franny but she doesn't it's see wild this one i'm talking about like a sort of fake out Pretend fun jump scare where it's like, oh, it's the little brother, boom, boom. That's you know, that's playing with genre. But yeah, that's what they do in Phantom of the Megaplex sometimes. But you, for as like Francis leaves the room, and two clawed hands shoot out of a mirror and try to grab and strangle her. It's just, it's just a brutal jump it's scare. It's just brutal horror. It made me jump. It made me really yeah. jump. And I have seen this film before, and I'm an yeah. adult. <laughs> I can only imagine the sort of enormous reverberating thud as like a million sunny d bottles fell from hands Mm -hmm. at the same time and sort of like spilled freely into the carpets i can't imagine like having seen this as a as a
0: single digit aged child i'd be messed up for life so okay at the park um larry is there playing she thinks she's like i'm gonna go to the park and see if larry's there he is there he's playing basketball fashion check he's wearing a karate gi yeah he's screaming doing karate dancing um She's mad at him for making him think that he was an imaginary person. He he
1: takes a shot at the basketball, misses, then leaps around high kicking going, woo, and he scores, even though he hasn't scored. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's so bizarre.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So she wants to know why the kids in the park could see him. And he says, those were little kids. They can see what they want. And then he goes, monkey bars, and runs
1: off and starts doing the monkey bars. Yeah, so he's sort of leaping around on all the playground equipment. Then he seems to receive some kind of radio transmission in his head. <laughs> it's audible. It's like.
0: <laughs>
1: but, but then it stops. <laughs> and then he leaps up onto a pull up bar and slowly rotates up into the sky until he's upside down. Yeah. And then he uh, at this point, my notes are just a sort of a, a, a flavorless, just sort of sentence by sentence <laughs> description of what happens. Because so you can do with <laughs> yeah. this. Film. Then he while still upside down, he turns to ask Francis if she has a library card. Now they're at the library. They walk past a table of toddlers watching a storytime VHS of some kind. Mm. All the children can see Larry and are pleased to see him. Larry can't find the book he wants. Francis says, why don't you look it up? But Larry says the voice in his head just told him that he needs a book. Yeah. And then he finds it. The book is Le Livre de Boogie by Guy N. Head. <laughs> Dedicated to Larry. Yeah. That's right. It's the boogie book. Then the librarian shushes the little kids, which Larry takes personally because... Next, he leaps around on their table, sort of capering yeah. and cavorting to their infinite delight and teleports around magically. Yeah. And then he leads them in a song and then he does 100 backflips and then he removes <laughs> his karate gi. And then he, and, he stripteases into a train yeah, engineer's Into a train uniform. engineer's outfit uh, w- while imitating the librarian's shushing. And then suddenly he's hosting the VHS story time video. He says, here's Larry. It's so scary. Um, yeah. And now, oh, now he's dressed as a knight. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. I've written in capitals, is this film really happening? This was the sort of point, I've written in
0: capitals, there's a lot going on.
1: I pause Disney Plus and get up and like sort of check that all of my various detectors are working. And like, there's (laughs) not a gas (laughs) leak in my home. (laughs) (laughs) It's a while since I changed the batteries. Maybe we should, you know, I might just go check the oven and stuff. Just going to pinch myself mm, hard. mm. Yeah. Oh, wait, there's all the dolls in my house have turned (laughs) to look at me. We are now 35 minutes in. 35 that's like Francis doesn't even notice this happening it's I don't know it's so okay so he's he opens the book the
0: livre de boogie the boogie book yeah um to chapter two 50 ways to bust your boogie (laughs) um he reads uh about what's going on and um he says that the boogeyman comes from under Francis's bed she says there's nothing under there and he says well have you looked lately yeah so let's go and look right now says Francis um so they go and she turns and he's vanished
1: yes um also, uh, a quick, quick side note: While Larry's reading from the book and he's reading like different ways to to bust your boogie, um, mm-hmm. he reads a little bit of boogeyman law for you here. He says, "If we had a thermonuclear device, the boogeyman would be toast." So, boogeyman okay, vulnerable to nuclear weapons. Yeah. If you're <laughs> if you're noting down the boogeyman's weaknesses, listener, yep. one of them is nuclear yeah. weapons.
0: Okay. So, Fra- <laughs> Fran goes goes up to her room at home. <laughs> Um, she's looking under her bed and then she, she hears some sort of groaning sounds. She goes to look under there and suddenly she's jump scared by Larry, who, fashion check, is dressed as a sultan. (laughs) He's, (laughs) he's reading the book and says there's a thing called a temptrifuge. Yes. Is, is what I think it is. Disney plus subtitles called it
1: a temporal fuge, which it isn't. Yes. Temporal fuge. Although I've read interviews with the director where it's written, like it's said in the film, like temp, Temp-tri- temp-tri-fuge. temptrifuge. So I think we should go yeah. with how they say it. Temptrifuge. Yeah. So this temptrifuge can make a boogeyman harmless.
0: Yes. Apparently, uh, he thinks he can make one. There's diagrams in the book. Yeah, it's like blueprints.
1: Like sort of yeah, Victorian blueprints. blueprints. It looks like a kind of steampunk recipe for making a like marvelous diving bell machine or something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but then Darwin walks in and Larry recognizes him. But. Darwin can't see him. So Larry is trying to get Darwin's attention, but he he, he can't see. And then and then he leaves and uh, Larry shouts, why won't you be my friend anymore? That's right. Larry was Darwin's imaginary friend. Yes, that's right. And this is
1: the tragedy of Larry. He's doomed always to lose all his friends. Yeah. Um. He doesn't know why Darwin has forsaken him, though. Uh, and then Francis says, well, it might be because I told him a long time ago that it's childish to believe in imaginary friends. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry goes ape. <laughs> his if you if you thought your fun pal larry was yeah your your kind of anchor in this film kids yeah imagine if aladdin said something unknowing that it was the thing that makes the genie furious yeah. and then the genie's eyes turn green and purple and he advances yeah. menacingly on aladdin because that's what's happening in this film the genie slaps aladdin hard across his face <laughs> So yeah, uh, Larry's eyes go green and purple and he sort of like, st- he kind of like storms towards Francis. He screams, you did it. Uh, she tries to reason that Darwin needs to believe in rational things like th- his doctors that helped him. Yeah, he needed to grow up and face reality because of his serious leukemia yeah. issue. That's how that he you had. stop being afraid, she says. Yeah. But then the argument gets personal. You wanted to help him? Then why didn't you give him some of your bone marrow, huh? I wanted to help him, but the doctor said Bert is the only one who could do it. I bet that was a relief. No, I wanted to do it. Safe! Larry! No, don't pretend with me, Fran. I know all about pretending. Now, annoyingly, I know all about bone marrow, because as Mom Can't Cook Extra Helpings subscribers will know, patreon.com forward slash extra helpings, there was an episode of So Weird that we recapped on the bonus episodes um, about bone marrow donation. Yeah, and I tried to fact-check that episode and found that it was factually woeful. Um, <laughs> but it means that I also know that uh, it's pretty unlikely that someone in your immediate family is going to be a match for, for bone marrow donation. Yeah. Um, Darwin was very, very, very lucky that even Bert could do it. So uh-huh. you really, really can't blame Francis in this situation. Like, like it was always vani- really unlikely. Well, he's not
0: not blaming her that she can't do it. He is shaming her for her relief that she couldn't
1: do it. Yes. That he imagined. I suppose so. But I do think the film tries to position it more like she didn't have to even think about doing it because Bert was really brave and put his hand up first and was like, I'll do it. Yeah. But like, you know, even if Bert could do that and it would be more likely that, that Bert wouldn't be a compatible match. But, yeah. but anyway, I I feel like I. It's just, a really look. This is the only other time, apart from that bonus episode, that I'm going that it's going to be useful for me to know all of this to about, about yeah. bone marrow, probably. So it's a really ugly, like harsh scene. It is, yeah. Especially because, like as you were saying, Larry is a sort of like fun time character. Yeah, and he is fun, and he's really charismatic, and also like Francis is quite nice and charismatic. Yeah, and yeah, they have this really. Just having this bitter having argument. Bitter and really personal argument that is, you know, yeah. that is all about guilt and shame and like family illness. It's, yeah, yeah, it's
0: horrible. Weighty stuff. So we cut to night. Darwin is sleeping and Larry, uh, fashion check, dressed as a cowboy, <laughs> walks through his room. Yeah. Um, in Fran's room, there's a sort of purple light under the bed and smoke billows out of it. The dolls in her room all turn to look.
1: Smoke cascades out of the window. There's a hideous chuckling sound. Yes. Uh, Yeah, the the smoke seems to be sort of sentiently flowing out of the window. I guess they did this by, like, reversing the shot. I I don't know. It looks awesome. Um, Larry, who's in Darwin's room still, hears footsteps on the roof. Yeah. So he puts the covers over Darwin to protect him because we have been led to believe by this point that uh, that's an effective anti-boogeyman measure to mm-hmm. hide under the covers, and he shakes Francis awake. He's yeah. fashion check a firefighter now. Yes, and he says the boogeyman is on the roof. Um, the only thing like that slightly lightened this movie for me is how often it put my favorite ever Simpsons line in my head, which is, right. bar- "I don't, wish- <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeymen in the house," <laughs> <Boogeyman> in the
0: <laughs> which house. is just
1: such a perfectly yeah. brilliant comedy line yeah so i thought of that that all the time so the boogeyman is on the roof they don't see
0: him but then they see some christmas lights fall down Mm. um larry's like i'm going up there so he's on the roof and he does he sees the boogeyman he's doing something with christmas lights uh we see his his back fran goes and gets a ladder but then larry steps on a bulb alerting the boogeyman yeah and we do finally he turns and we see him
1: and he is absolutely terrified we get our first full glimpse yeah it's yeah how have you tried how have you tried to describe i'm interested to know it's interesting, actually, like based on
0: what you said earlier. My note here, which I'd forgotten I wrote, says he looks like a Dracula who hasn't had blood in a month and
1: is starting to revert to a feral state. Okay, that's that's good. Um, I've written down like the green goblin from Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but made of organic matter. Yeah, that's so, good. So like no metal, just flesh. Or like uh-huh. Jareth the Goblin King from Labyrinth came back as a zombie. Yeah. Like there's sort of there's big hair, the regency where like this kind of very sort of ornate and floral, but like like a thousand years old, like all decayed yeah. and rotten clothing. Um if if like if
0: Baraka from Mortal Kombat went to a party at Louis XIV's house. Yeah okay. Yeah, 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 that's good. yeah.
1: It it's it's just horrible. Uh-huh. So um the boogeyman sees Larry uh and entwines him in in Christmas lights with a sort of wave of his hand and, and powerful magic. And he speaks. He speaks in rhyme. That's his mm-hmm. thing. Uh, maybe they thought this would make it less scary. Fun and exciting.
0: <laughs> it's nice of you to hang around, but you'd be safer on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a kind of scary. Don't you think so? <laughs> Do
1: you see a friend?
0: Right. <laughs> it won't be long until she can see you a boogie, just like me. Larry. Do you see him, Fred? Do you see him? <laughs> and you'll see that new boogie, too. Inside of the mirror. It's you.
1: Larry. So what you possibly couldn't get from that bit of audio is that while Larry is uh, like kind of dangling off the roof, the boogeyman holds up a mirror to Larry um, and Larry sees that in the mirror is in his reflection. He he too seems to be a boogeyman.
0: Yeah. It won't be long until she can see a boogie just like me. There's mm. the boogeyman. Uh, so. So Larry falls off the roof. Um, A Santa falls off the roof and lands on Fran. The ladder she had um, goes crashing through the parents' window, breaking it. A blackout plunges the city into darkness and then Christmas lights come on all over the family's home. It's the only thing lit up within like a 10 block radius. Look around and you will see blackout starts with a B, says the boogeyman. Accurately correct he's
1: not i tell you what can't argue with that not wrong if he's trying to pin it on francis why doesn't he put an f everywhere <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> too, it's too vain <laughs> yeah He's yeah. like
0: started to do the f and then was like, like oh i'm gonna fill it in do yeah a B. like
1: a too proud serial killer he had yeah. to he had to leave his sign <laughs> <laughs> sign is working yeah. <laughs> so francis is in trouble the whole family is the next day the dad goes to get the paper and the the Middlesburg Tribune is running the headline "Pranksters Light Display Suspect" with a big picture <laughs> of their house. Uh, That's probably not the headline I would have gone with. No, probably not. Pranksters light display suspect. Pranksters light display suspect. Mm. Uh, but uh, news vans are there. Helicopters circle overhead. <laughs> the family is being mobbed by the media. A reporter shouts, "Is this a political statement?" <laughs> <laughs> All the
0: dogs on the roof. I think it's. I think it's pretty clear. The dad. The dad yells into the phone. If you want to know about our family, visit our website. Which is such a
1: mistake because they probably will do that and then know all about your family. Um. Okay. So I don't understand what happens next. Obviously, there's a lot in this film I don't understand. But this is maybe you can help me. Okay. So the dad. Dad is furious. Um, he's really angry at Francis, and Mum says, "Just Michael," as in she says the word "just." The subtitle is "Just dot 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 Michael," and the dad drinks a cup of orange juice, mm-hmm. and he's so enraged that his teeth are rattling the- on the glass. Yeah. Now, is the mum trying to like calm him down? Is that how you read this? Or um, I don't. I th- I guess so.
0: It's I, it's not really important. It's just an, another, like, totally pod person reaction to something. Yeah. And then the, pa- the the family are like, we're going to go out for a drive, but
1: Francis stays home. So they just remove themselves from this situation. Yeah. Uh, which, fine. So uh, Francis steps out and finds Larry in the garage. Fashion check. Yep. He's a mechanic now. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry asks Francis if she ever did anything to make the boogeyman mad. And she says uh, that she d- doesn't think so. And they talk and we get a little bit of Larry lore. Uh, so... He can't die. He never gets old. His
0: friends grow up, they move on, uh, and he finds new friends. Yeah, uh,
1: which is fine, except Darwin still needed him, Larry insists. Mm. He is building the Temptrifuge. Um It's like a big Rube Goldberg machine.
0: Yeah, if you spin the clock, uh, it creates a temporal fugitation impulse... Uh, through a vacuum chamber, uh, he points to a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that's not the not the same
1: thing. The Francis says that's Dad's vacuum, and Larry says your Dad does the vacuuming. Mm-hmm. Francis says, "Yeah, he likes to do the housework." And Larry says, "This is starting to get unbelievable." Come on, Larry. Come on, Larry. It's nineteen ninety nine.
0: He explains that the boogeyman has a tightly wound biological clock. That's why they only bother you when you're a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> so. And so the idea is that this temptrifuge yeah. Will age the boogeyman rapidly, and then he will be too old to boogie.
1: Yeah, which uh fine. Although, shouldn't shouldn't they age the children rapidly if they want to stop the boogeyman? Because, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then, it's like, the boogeyman's yeah. age doesn't seem relevant. Well, no, because then he'll be too frail to boogie. Right. Okay. So, so they just want to kill him. <laughs> they want to. They yeah. want to age
0: age advance him until he dies. <laughs> Uh, well, not until he dies, but until he's so frail that he can be easily killed. Right. Okay. With like a hammer or something. <laughs> yeah, just throw a hammer guess. at
1: him from a distance. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. That'll <laughs> settle his hash. Yeah. So Francis demands a demonstration of this refuge, Um and it, the film cuts into black and white yeah. and um, Fashion Check, uh, Larry is now dressed as a sort of Frankenstein
1: type scientist. Yeah. It's, it's like it's all in like B-movie O-vision now. Uh, yeah and he's doing and a music. like a um yeah. a sort of ego voice yeah
0: like attach the these to the thing and we will create the li-. he's doing yeah. all that they sort all of said stuff. i was attaches- crazy at the university he says pulling a yeah. switch
1: this film is so good
0: <laughs> he attaches jumper leads to a carton of milk uh, the whole thing uh, explodes um the milk's gone bad proving his hypothesis
1: sour milk goes everywhere yeah. it's been fugitated he says yeah. because it, they've advanced time on the milk so Larry goes to wipe up uh, wipe milk off Francis, but he accidentally scratches her. And she sees mm. that he has long monster claws, just like the boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, really scary. Really long, hands. scary claw hands. Um, yeah. There's something strange going on with you, says Francis, of her imaginary friend with claw hands. Mm-hmm. Who's dressed like a scientist. Larry is rattled. Uh, and when she's left, he looks at his hands in horror and we see the yeah. claws grow like l- really, lent like in real time, and he he with intent picks up some secateurs, yeah, uh, to sort of I guess we don't see it happen. but I guess the implication is that he sort of ma- cuts, off cuts off the off fingers, his fingers. <laughs> cuts know. off his fingers.
0: <laughs> Whatever the scariest option is, it's yeah that. cut two bathroom. Francis went up to wash the sour milk off herself, so she's had a shower. Yeah. Um, Larry uh is in the mirror, uh, fashion check. He's wearing a wetsuit and a snorkel. Yeah. Uh, he's dancing in the mirror then yeah. she asks i mean reasonably how long he's been standing
1: there in the mirror watching her shower. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so he's sort of like dancing around in the mirror then he doesn't really answer her question instead he like steps through the mirror into the room in what is a very effective really good practical effect. Yeah. yeah yeah really cool um so larry says that the boogeyman may now potentially lay low for a while you know, having done a load of pranks and stuff, and Francis is like, yeah, "Well, having- what's what's wrong with that? What's what's the rush on us? Sort of, you know, killing the boogeyman." Mm-hmm. And Larry, clearly a bit rattled, says, "Well, it'd be good to get it over with in case something bad happens in the meantime." Yeah. Um, Consulting the book, Larry says that they need a substance called boogie goo, which yeah, a- boogeymen love it. Boogeymen It'll love lure it. him out. It's yeah. like catnip for boogeymen. Um. So, yeah.
0: So that's the plan going forward is to make some boogie goo. Yes. Um, it's at night now. There's a thunderstorm going on. The, ca- the school counselor is there at dinner. She locks eyes with Francis's mum and says to her, That's a lovely little bust you have there. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. And if you
1: think that's weird, then dad mentions that he has a PhD in solid waste management. And just sort of like mm. stares for seconds after saying
0: that. Yeah, what? It turns out that the guidance counselor was talking about the haunted bus that looks at people. Yeah. Um. So that's what that was about. Francis leaves the table because this film is mad and
1: yeah, she wants everything to leave is- it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she leaves. She leaves the adults company because being around them must feel like a thousand ants are crawling over you (laughs) at all times. But Larry is in the kitchen cooking up some boogie goo.
1: The kitchen is totally destroyed. Yeah, it's filled with smoke. It smells and looks disgusting. Uh, Larry lists all of the ingredients that go into boogie goo. It is Mm -hmm. many, many disgusting things, including weak old sweat. That's a requirement. He says uh, he needed that, so he blended one of Bert's gym socks. Yeah. Francis says, wait... You did wash the blender out afterwards, didn't you? Cut to dad back in the dining room bringing out his desserts, which is some kind of blended dessert. And mum is like, what's that smell? It's so weird. So, so. Okay, mum goes into the kitchen.
0: She smells the boogie goo. She sees all the carnage. Francis tries to claim that this is for home ec. And then she tries to pick up the uh, container of boogie goo, but it's too heavy. Mum decides that now is the time for a heart-to-heart. Wrong. <laughs> they just want to understand why she's doing all these chaos pranks. Yeah. Maybe we forced you to grow up too fast, she says. Meanwhile, in the dining room, the guidance counsellor pulls a piece of gym sock out of her mouth and starts retching. Yeah.
1: It's, oh, it's so
0: disgusting.
1: It looks horrible. It's so horrible. disgusting. It's, it's like this kind of length of sort of... Yeah. Ugh.
0: Gross. So mum leaves and Larry clambers out of the pot. like Like it's uh, a Mary
1: Poppins bag. It's that effect. Oh, fashion check. He's dressed as a chef, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, So he's covered in boogie goo, which is like this sort of thick purple substance. Um, But what's this? He wasn't just hiding in there to hide. He's eating boogie goo.
0: That's right. He's loving it. What's going on? First the eyes, then the nails. Now he's loving boogie
1: goo. I'm not not turning turning... into a boogeyman, OK? Larry snaps at her viciously. Don't go there, Francis. Yep. Uh, Darwin leaves the dinner table because being there feels like a thousand ants are crawling on you. Yeah, and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Riedel, the guidance counselor, is vomiting. Yeah, um, <laughs> he doesn't want to look at it. He uh, Darwin, as he walks past, he gets some boogie goo on his shoe, but doesn't notice. Yeah.
0: Luke, I don't know about you, but I have just been subjected to a series of horrifying images that have burned into my brain. Probably they'll they'll stop me sleeping until unless I can find some way of kind of calming myself down.
1: It's something to calm you down after don't look under the bed. Yeah,
0: I know it's a tall order. It is a
1: tall order. Uh, there's only really one thing. Oh, relaxing enough. Okay, but there is one thing. To, to cover that off. What is it? There is one thing, mm. and it's the timeless pleasure of assembling one of Ravensburger's extraordinary jigsaw puzzles. That's right. You love a jigsaw, don't you, Andy? I do love a jigsaw, yeah. You know that they're very soothing to do, they're lovely. First, mm. you sort out all the edge pieces, then you well I don't need to tell you how to do a jigsaw yeah it says on says on the yeah. box probably here's a cheat code do the edge pieces
0: first here's a tip yeah the picture you're trying to make usually on the box yeah you know what just look at that yeah don't even need to do the jigsaw if you just look at that kind <laughs> of yeah just cut that out
1: <laughs> put it on the floor yeah and tell everyone <laughs> to give us a jigsaw you cut did. that out use scissors to cut the box in half place it back yeah. together <laughs> jigsaw done <laughs> there you go <laughs> but if, if you did that you wouldn't get all of the, the soothing benefits of doing a puzzle right, you wouldn't right, get right, the right. mindful moments you wouldn't get to immerse yourself in a world of captivating colours stunning imagery and the intricate designs that will delight people of all ages and that are dare I say the hallmark of Ravensburger's Extraordinary Puzzles. That's right. Regardless of your
0: preferences or scale level, you'll find a jigsaw puzzle that suits you perfectly thanks to the wide range of imagery themes and piece counts available. Start small and work your way up to over 40,000 pieces. Are you up for the challenge? Shop Ravensburger on Amazon today. All right, here we go. I'm putting in the pieces and... Oh, no, it is. It is a terrifying boogeyman. Ah, The picture. Yeah, I was hoping... Something a bit more relaxing, but no, this will haunt me. Yeah, it's from the it's from Ravensburger's Boogeyman collection. Boogeyman collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's sort of it's it, it's moving actually, it's sort of mouthing my name and sort of drawing a fingernail across its throat. Oh! Um, I didn't know they did animated ones, but yeah, this one is wow. Like lenticular, that's cool. Uh, no, no, he's actually climbing out of the jigsaw puzzle now. Oh wow! And, um, Oh uh, yeah, okay. That's great. amazing. Uh, I'm gonna. How are the colours you, captivating? You, uh, cap- I mean, captive. Yeah, I am you being captive. Captive. Capt- I are mean, are
1: captured.
0: In a big net. Uh, can you finish this up? I am actually being dragged across.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that's all right. Oh, yeah. It. There he goes. There he goes. Uh, boogeyman, give me a thumbs up if he's coming back. There was no thumbs up. All right. Shop Ravensburger on Amazon today. Francis finds Larry on the floor in Darwin's room, grunting and groaning. You are
0: turning into a boogeyman, aren't you? What makes you say that? (laughs) Where did boogeymen come from, Larry? Is it in the book? (laughs) If a child stops believing in an imaginary friend too soon, the imaginary friend may turn into a boogeyman. That's what's happening too, isn't it? Because I made Darwin stop believing in you too soon. Larry, I'm trying to help you.
1: Just go away, okay? You can't help me.
0: Don't say I can't help, okay? Well, Francis checks the book and she reads that if a child stops believing in an imaginary friend too soon, the friend may turn into a boogeyman. Uh, it's happening to Larry now because of her making Darwin stop believing in him too soon. Yeah. Um, Darwin walks in. Francis tells him to f*** off instead of mentioning Larry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why wouldn't you be like, oh, Darwin, good. I've been meaning yeah, to Yeah. Good. To okay. You.
0: Remember I told you to stop believing in Larry? Well, I was completely Start wrong. to believe in him. Have you started? Yeah. He's turning into a boogeyman Can right now. Can you see
1: him? Yeah. He's fine.
0: So she tells him to, to F off, yeah. and th- so he leaves. And then we look at Larry, and he's the
1: scariest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so Larry, all this time, he's been sort of, like, huddled, like... Uh, the, uh, groaning. The, yeah, like, and... but, uh, sort of behind the bed, huddled, groaning, kind of in the fetal position. And, yeah, when he gets up, we see the kind of boogeyman eyed version of Larry. He's got, like, yeah, Baraka from Mortal Kombat teeth. Yeah, What well, well, how would you... Um, how, They're like, you know, it's that thing where... um. Like each tooth has a little sort of triangle indentation. It's like all yeah. his teeth are sharp molars. Yeah, he's got. They. It's like needle sharp. Yeah. Terrifying teeth. Really long, like pointed claws. Mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, so scary. Yeah. So scary. Yeah. So, so so Darwin has Darwin was kicked out. Where Darwin went when he was kicked out is up to Francis's room. Mm-hmm. So now Francis is in Darwin's room. Darwin is upstairs in Francis's room. Um. So then larry hisses do you smell something and starts crawling along the floor like a disjointed puppet it's yeah it's like S- sadako crawling out of a television yeah this is filmed like- in kind of like extreme close up to larry's face with a sort of fish eye lens almost so mm-hmm. he like appears even more disgustingly yeah. malformed um oh man it's nuts uh so so he finds boogie goo and he starts licking boogie goo off the floor he he says to francis you must have stepped in it francis is like no i i didn't and then they put it together then what's this darwin darwin had boogie goo on him and he's gone up to francis's room where they believe a boogeyman lives in
0: francis's room purple light and smoke are pouring out from under the bed that darwin is sat on and then hands shoot out from under the bed grab darwin's legs and bodily yank him under the bed it's in a, in a scene that every child watching yeah will <laughs> never forget
1: will have playing through their head as they go to bed or, that, that or, night and every night or maybe they won't remember it but from that point on nothing will be the same <laughs> nothing will be the same and it would take you know only through a lot of counseling would they eventually sort of unearth what it was yeah that changed everything this it's, it's yeah it is utterly wild it's um i think the thing that it makes me think of the most is the haunted clown in poltergeist i feel like that does a similar sort of arm extending like under the bed drag kind of yeah thing it's um there's a bit in drag me to hell
0: by sam raimi where the the sort of the old woman grabs the main character by the ankles and just sort of yanks her back through yes yes yeah it's that that. that kind of that kind of vibe
1: i mean just the things that we're comparing this film to yeah and you know what i'm not comparing it to like don't look under the bed is a parody. I'm comparing it to as in to say that it's comparable. It's a peer of these. Yeah, it's a peer of these films. It's like you've mentioned it in the same breath. Yeah, this film is not significantly less scary than Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they re- they realize that Darwin has been yanked into the boogie world. Yeah, there's no sign of him just just a shoe. Uh he's he's under there says Larry. You, you can't see him. Yeah, Larry licks the shoe because everything in this film Is weird. has to
0: be unsettling.
1: Uh, Larry says, Darwin's in the boogie world now, and with a grim yeah. expression goes to get his temperature fuge. Yep. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Every- <laughs> For some, whenever
0: they say Boogie World, uh, Boogie Wonderland starts playing in my, in my head. A,
1: a cover of Boogie Wonderland plays over the end credits of this movie. I know, I know.
0: I've got like in all caps, oh my God, it's Boogie
1: Wonderland at <laughs> the end. But... So Francis is sceptical about Boogie World because she hasn't yeah. even seen the Boogeyman, remember? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, okay.
0: If there was a Boogie World, how do we get into it? We don't. This job is for
1: a professional.
0: Look, I am not going to sit up here and do nothing, okay? You have no idea how hard it was when Darwin was sick and I couldn't do anything And to you help told
1: him he should stop believing in me. You were a big help then, Fran.
0: Why are you being so mean? What do you expect?
1: I'm turning into a boogeyman, okay? Okay, Francis? <sighs> so Larry, is lo- he's losing it due to boogification? He's coming apart at the seams yeah. here. Francis says that she's she's coming too into Boogie World and Larry is like, no, what if I fully transform into a boogeyman while we're there and then you become trapped with two boogeymen in the house? <laughs> boogeyman or boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> um, Larry says that he's worried about her and it, it's it's clear from this sort of fraught conversation that a, a, a friendship is developing between Larry yeah. and Francis. Francis reveals that
0: what he said about her being relieved when she realised she couldn't be a bone marrow donor, it's true, mm. she says. She was scared. And Larry says, hey, Fran, real people get scared. It's perfectly logical.
1: Then Larry crawls under the bed. Yeah. Uh, Francis looks under the bed and there's a sort of wobbly CGI hole in the centre of the floor under the bed.
0: The dad briefly comes in um, to talk to Francis. He asks if she put a gym sock in the blender. I'm not leaving here until I hear the truth about everything, he says. It was the boogeyman, says Francis. He's got Darwin under the bed right now and is the cause of everything that's been happening around here. (laughs) The dad nods and then
1: leaves. (laughs) He says, "He's." I think this is good. The dad says, maybe you would be more comfortable speaking with your mother about this. And he walks away. I just type. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the next, the next, uh, the
0: transition here is really freaking good. Yeah. Francis goes under the bed and she starts crawling like on her front under the yeah. bed. And we get a shot of her doing that. And then the floor under her becomes starts to become sort of rocky yeah and then the ca- the orientation switches and she's climbing up a sheer cliff yes face a clear rock a, a sheer rock cliff yeah, face yeah. so it moves from her crawling under the bed the camera swings 90 degrees and suddenly she's pulling herself up a cliff face it's really well done and it's effective. amazing
1: so she, she sort of crawls up this cliff and emerges in the most impressive set you've ever seen in a decom
0: Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Like a blasted
1: hellscape. Yeah. Larry is there, fashion check. He's dressed as Indiana Jones. (laughs) It's a sort of, uh, it's like a kind of fantasy realm made up of like rocky islands uh-huh in the background there's a huge castle looming they're not going to go there it's not going to be mentioned it's just there looking yep. f-ing brilliant it's like it's like the end end of it's like a castlevania opening cinematic
0: it's so good and like all around them are oversized toys yeah. it's
1: like a uh tim burton version of honey i shrunk the kids is oh, it's so the good. sort of frame reference i have yeah because like they're, they're they're sort of technically under the bed right mm-hmm. so it's full of like gigantic versions of kids toys that would get lost under the bed yeah um larry has on his back the temp refuges.
0: It's it's extremely large and unwieldy and it's also it has an extension cord yes. which is plugging it into the outlet back in fran's room
1: yeah in the real world so he's sort of tethered yeah. to the real world by this by this power cord francis treads on a discarded peanut butter sandwich that is like like an enormous wobbly crash mat mm-hmm. and it for some reason it writhes and grabs at her with flailing tentacles even though it's a peanut butter sandwich? Well, yeah, because because kids were probably not afraid of peanut butter sandwiches until this yeah, point, so yeah. we can't have that, we? They probably we? got this film Let's into the edit, out. and we're like, oh, I think it's missing a bit where someone's grabbed at with flailing tentacles. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything we can do? The writer looks
0: over at uh, his six-year-old daughter. She's enjoying her favourite sandwich, peanut butter. He's like, not on my watch. Not
1: for long, you're not. <laughs> That's for long, motherfucker. <laughs> change your f***ing tune. <laughs> <laughs> it's so insane it's <laughs> delib- it's like a, the war on children. It's like a, <laughs> delib- What else do you? What else you do you what? love? Don't look under the bed is like the pretend movie that the villains would be making in a different decom and planning to broadcast it on TV to terrify <laughs> to destroy children. Destroy children's but, minds. To terrify children to death. <laughs> oh my god! And the plucky heroes would like stop that from happening so good but here we just have to watch in its entirety <laughs> the nightmare film so
0: francis asks if the boogeyman will hurt darwin um no says larry you're the one he's after darwin is the bait and then he ever he asks if she ever had an imaginary friend And she sort of looks
1: shifty and says, no, no, I, no, No, never. never. But yeah, not very convincingly. They get to a big toy car Mm. uh, that they're going to use to to travel on, but they have to sort of push it up a hill to get started. So they push it up a kind of craggy outcropping. Uh, Then they hop on board and it rolls excitingly down through a twisting road surrounded by massive toys. I was super impressed because I thought for sure when they arrived in Boogie World that it was just going to be this one set. But they like move through like several different scenes
0: they have a whole green screen bit where they're going on the car it looks really good the extension cord reaches the end of its length and larry is yanked off the
1: car backwards so fran continues and she crashes into a rollerblade the rollerblade is perched precariously on a cliff like the the bus in the italian job she gets out in time but the 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 rollerblade sort of tumbles down into Mm -hmm. the abyss into the the endless abyss just so that you know that there's an endless Mm -hmm.
0: abyss sort of In play. Just so you know, death death is in all directions. Yeah, everywhere
1: could be a peanut butter sandwich, could be an abyss. She's but she's okay, and she finds Darwin. He's tied up inside a sock. Yeah, it's like it's a sock, but functionally, for the purposes of the film, he's like tied up inside a bag, which is creepy and frightening. Uh huh. Uh, Larry is Larry is still there. He's sort of catching up. He, he, but he's he's sort of trying to pull this power cord his transformation has gone another stage along and now his skin is sagging yeah. and his hair is graying
0: he's becoming even more buggered boogie- boogeyman uh so um
1: francis starts
0: a bunch of smoke yeah a bunch of smoke starts like billowing out and then
1: billowing out of the mouth of an enormous toy rat <laughs> and out of the mouth of this out of the mouth of this like building size rodent emerges the boogeyman yeah. As as terrifying as anything you've ever yeah. seen. So Francis is like trying to untie this bag to save Darwin. She hasn't done that yet. And the yeah. boogeyman sneaks up um on, on Francis. She's not seen him, but Larry has. Yeah. He picks up a glass eye that's nearby. Okay. Yeah. Possibly even just a regular eye. Yeah. Uh and, Hard to tell. and bowls it towards the boogeyman and he shouts, bowling for boogies. And the boogeyman is sort of Tripped up by this ball and sort of spins around in the air and crashes to the floor. Yeah. Larry
0: attaches the jump cables for the Temptrifuge to the boogeyman, flips the, flips the switch.
1: Say goodbye. No! Ah!
0: <laughs> gotcha! <Huh>? What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, extension cord has come uncurled. And now you're powerless in
1: boogie world.
0: So there's no power. The cable came out of the wall in the real world. They're powerless in the boogie wonderland.
1: Yeah. It's not really uncurled, which is the word the boogeyman. Like your extension cables come uncurled. Yeah. Because it wasn't really curled. But, But... I'm not quibbling. Fine. It's got a rhyme, hasn't it? It's it's got a rhyme. um, I'm too
0: frightened to, like, quibble the grammar. But luckily, Francis goes behind the boogeyman and pushes a big book
1: over onto him. Yeah, so this huge book falls over and crushes the boogeyman (laughs) explosively. Mm -hmm. And then Francis uh, says, Larry, are you okay?" And Darwin from inside the sock is like, who are you talking to, Francis? Because, of course, remember, Darwin cannot see Larry anymore because he stopped believing in him. Yeah. So Francis is still trying to untie Darwin. And then the boogeyman's hand is on her shoulder, but twist. The camera zooms up and it's Larry. And then the other boogeyman bursts through the book and gets
0: Francis in a net. And now Larry and the boogeyman have formed a boogie team. Yeah. Uh, the other boogeyman drags Darwin off, struggling in a sack. Yeah. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen again. Yeah.
1: So 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 now, sort of to, to kind of like plot this out visually for you, listener. There's
0: a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot on.
1: going on. We have two evil boogeymen now. The original boogeyman... And Boogeyman Larry. Yeah. Darwin is in a sock being dragged by the original Boogeyman towards a cliff. Yeah. His plan is to throw the sack off a cliff. Into the void we just yeah, saw. Just to kill Darwin. Yeah. He's, his plan There's is... There's no to, further purpose. His plan is to kill him. Yeah. To throw him in the cliff and then he'll hit the ground and die of it. So he's the Boogeyman leans down and whispers into the sock, like into where Darwin's ear is, it's scary to take such a long, long drop but even scarier when you stop. Christ. Holy s**t. <laughs> <shit. laughs> so, Fra- meanwhile, Francis is, like, inwebbed in a net Um mm. the, the boogeyman, like, trapped her in, and he handed that net off to boogeyman Larry. Uh, so Larry is sort of holding Francis in this net. Yeah, she
0: explains. she explains that she was
1: scared. She thought if she was grown up, she'd be able to handle anything.
0: Um, and the boogeyman says you don't get second chances to be young. But that's when she says, Darwin, if you still believe in Larry, clap your hands. Darwin! Darwin, can you hear me? Darwin. Yes. Hey Darwin, if you still believe in Larry, clap your hands, okay? That's all you have to do, just clap. Stop, Stop it! Uh, that's it! Come on, yes. clap. I believe!
1: Stop it! Stop it. Larry. That's right, Larry has debugified. He's dressed in a full cowboy outfit now. Yeah, he's cowboy again. What you didn't see there, listener, is that when he transforms back into normal Larry, the entire boogeyman body explodes off of him. <laughs> like yeah. he's like he's like he's been encased. Yeah, in magic shell. Yeah. He just bursts out. Yeah. The
0: thing is, right? Kids, um, you know, they've got very short attention spans. They're going to be in and out of the living room, you know, going to get Sunny D and and stuff. They're probably
1: going to be doing homework while they Yeah, some of them one. will go to
0: the bathroom. You need to have yeah. a mind-shattering, terrifying thing happen at least every two minutes. <laughs>
1: Otherwise, they might you might not get all of it. Eisner's like, this Disney Channel thing's not really working, huh? What if instead of, like, sort of funny jokes... What if the government <laughs> shut it down? Then we could claim on the insurance. Oh, my God. That's what's happening here. <laughs> What if we? What if they said we weren't fit to run the channel anymore? Yeah. Then, through no fault of it's a it's a, the producers. Yeah. Then, through no fault of our own, we would have to shut the Disney Channel down. Yeah. And and the insurers, yeah. the insurers would, would have to pay. The insurers would have to see things from our point of view. <laughs> yeah. The directors like, okay, yeah. So we've got our sort of you know spooky fun thing. And Michael Eisner uh, brings out a notepad and he's like, put put th- it put this in it. Flips it up to yeah. reveal the most horrifying monster you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> Hi, um, yeah. So I've got um, I've it. got a consultant in here. Um, he's got some great ideas. Um, everyone, this is Clive Barker. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be
1: contributing some of his great ideas. <laughs> this is a, c- a consultant I've hired. <laughs> I call mice Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Make it real yeah. scary. <laughs>
0: Clive Barker walks in
1: he's like yeah, yeah could, could
0: everyone be a sex murderer yes well I mean like, <laughs> no that's fine <laughs> I suppose Mr yeah. Barker just do
1: uh, 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 Mike Mr Eisner yeah. is this definitely the direction we're we're gunning for
0: Eichel Meisner in the back with a big fake moustache yeah.
1: I like the way this Barker thinks <laughs> hey, did you guys hear about Disneyland Paris I hear it's the place to be <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely Uh, what's happening yeah yeah. eisner's eisner's trying to get fired (laughs) with a nice golden parachute so (laughs) so larry runs to uh grab darwin's bag because he's he's back to normal now he shouts uh he yeah he so he runs up to the boogeyman he shouts that's my friend in there they tussle over the Darwin sock. Meanwhile, um
0: Francis finds a big nine-volt battery. Yeah. And she's sort of hooking up the temptrifuge to this to this yes, battery. But it's
1: going to take a little while. Uh, she's using a big paperclip. Yeah. Um and she's sort of putting the <laughs> She's putting it together, but uh it's it's a race against time. Because the boogeyman, the original boogeyman, is now throwing Larry around. Uh yeah he grows his fingernail into a giant you say it impaling sword you
0: say it and tries and tries to plunge it directly into Larry's face
1: but luckily he's able to maneuver a, a crayon in the way I'll say it then he does this with the rhyme I hate to be the one to tell you but it's not too late for me to nail you <laughs> and then his yeah. nail goes all big and then his nail grows yeah. big so he's about to stab Larry <laughs> Michael Eisner's looking at this going how is this how have we not been shut down (laughs) I don't what else do we have to do so he's about to stab Larry fatally through the eye or something (laughs) but then Larry starts sort of breakdancing That's
0: doing capoeira
1: it's effective for several seconds eddie gordon uh the boogeyman stabs blindly into the bag with little darwin in it and he's very nearly impaled (laughs) we get a shot from inside the bag of through sheer luck (laughs) this blade coming through the wall of the bag what does this remind what what does this remind me of it's i'm i've oh i can i'm nearly there i might be thinking of indiana jones and the last crusade when the rhino horn is like stabbing up through the top of the train
0: through the yeah, yeah yeah
1: it's like it's that sort of thing so darwin's nearly impaled then larry does 100 backflips (laughs) remember that's the thing larry can do uh backflipping away grabs a big fountain pen and starts twirling it like a kendo stick and then starts fighting the boogeyman hand to hand and this is the best (laughs) (laughs) decom. yeah he's doing some like killick from soul caliber moves with his his big fountain pen the boogeyman has like two big nails oh my god yeah so okay so it looks like larry's got the upper hand then the boogeyman grows this extra nail in a scene that is exactly like the bit where Darth Maul fires up the second part of his <laughs> the lightsaber. The second lightsaber, <laughs> but better. The, uh, but yeah, but better. <laughs> the boogeyman immediately slices the pen in half mm-hmm. and has trapped Larry and is ready, to sort of, push his long nails through his eyes or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but behind him, Francis has finally hooked the this cable up to the big battery. Uh, she runs up to the boogeyman and distracts him and clips the jumper cables onto his fingernails. That's right. And the, so that the sort of temptrifuge is 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 engaged. The boogeyman goes all,
0: all old. The boogie screams, turns into an old woman, Um, forget, forgets how to rhyme. It's like, oh, no, Franny, please. No, there's explosions all around. And then suddenly he's back to being normal. Your temptrifuge didn't work, he said. It's not explained why it didn't work. It just didn't. Didn't work.
1: Didn't work. Too powerful a boogeyman. Um, Too good. Yeah. So... Francis now she's got her courage she and she's also she's realized something as well seeing this sort of transformation and she says I know who you are you can't scare me says Francis and then the boogeyman (laughs) goes really (laughs) Ah!" and then (laughs) the scariest thing in the world (laughs) happens. and then a frill of horrible tendrils fires up on his neck like a dilophosaur and it's it's
0: horrible oh my god it's so horrible (laughs) Zoe? Who's Zoe? Only one person ever called me Franny. It was hard for me to admit it was you. I didn't want it to be my fault. I'm sorry, Zoe. No! So the boogeyman transforms and morphs into Zoe, a girl in sort of Regency French clothes. And Larry says, the boogeyman, a girl. (laughs) And then the boogie realm sort of just dissolves and they're back
1: in uh, Francis's bedroom. So mum and dad come in. Uh, We came to apologise, they say. Your father has just logged on to the internet news. Yeah, that's right, he has. And the same things have been
0: happening in Centerville. They think the same people are responsible. We know that you aren't responsible.
1: We're sorry we didn't believe you. Yeah. It's okay, says Fran, and they hug. We're we're sorry that we didn't believe that you weren't responsible for a thousand eggs falling on your teacher's yeah. car while you were in his biology class. Yeah. Or the <laughs> or the bus being filled with ten thousand gallons of water. Or putting every dog on the roof. Yeah. Or <laughs> Africanized bees swarming your <laughs> principal. <laughs> She'll be busy. But again, it's that thing. It's like it's so unsettling that the parents don't believe her and like suspect her of this when she couldn't no. possibly have have done it. But anyway, yeah. So, so we, we meet. We've met Zoe now. Larry has to go. He says he's needed in Centerville. Uh, so they all go out onto the lawn outside the house. Um, it's it's all really happy. Francis is really happy, but Zoe has some brutal news. I'm
0: sorry about all the trouble I caused. I didn't want to be a boogie. I just couldn't help it. It's okay. Everything's all right, and we can be friends again, just like before. You won't be seeing us anymore, Fanny. Well, you told Darwin you wouldn't go away.
1: She means we won't be
0: coming back to see you. No, no! Only real friends last forever, like Joanne. But, but I believe in you. I, I believe in both of you. The time to believe is when you're little, like Darwin. When you still need us. I don't want to lose you again. You won't lose me, Franny, not as long as you remember me.
1: What's up, friend? You know you're too grown up to have an
0: imaginary friend. Don't you? Well, no. I mean, I can see you guys right now and that proves logically that... (sighs) Excuse me. So... Yeah, so as is probably clear from um the audio, Zoe used to be Francis's imaginary friend. Yeah. Um she pretended she didn't have one, but she did and she she stopped believing in her when Darwin got sick because she felt like she needed to grow up. Yeah. But um
1: and uh, yeah, and Larry says goodbye to Francis and uh yeah, they they share a kiss. It's I've got a note about this kiss. Okay, well I've got a note about this ki-
0: this kiss in that it's it's weird. it comes out of absolutely nowhere. Right. She's like, she's like, oh, my friends, you're leaving. And he's like, yeah, we are. Anyway, let's make out. <laughs> and then she's like, what? And he's just sort of really confused. And then he just, he puts on sunglasses, clicks his fingers, eczema lights come on. I, just weird energy.
1: Weird energy. I, I found an interview with the director of this film. Right. On Entertainment Weekly. And I'm just going to read verbatim what's in that article. So as per Entertainment Weekly... The role of Francis' friend Larry was not written as a black character. Oh, yeah, we haven't mentioned Larry is a black man. And when a black actor was cast, the director says Disney posed a question. What are we going to do about the kiss at the end? Quoting the director now, Disney was concerned about having a black boy kiss a white girl. Oh. They asked me to do it a couple of different ways, including not really at all. I fought for it. End quote. Eventually, the director says, Disney stepped up. Quoting again, the way it is in the film is exactly the way I had always intended to do it. End quote. OK, well, that's I, I mean, mean, that's good. Isn't that that is shocking to me? I mean, it's shocking from Disney
0: and yeah. it's good from the director that he stuck to his guns and it ended up in the film. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it, it's out. It's out of nowhere. Yeah. It's not sort of teased. They don't have any kind of like romantic tension throughout the film at all. I uh, d-
1: I don't know. I thought they were sort
0: of like really rushing on each other a little bit. Yeah, she she spends the entire film utterly exasperated with him. Uh oh, I don't know. Okay, all right, fine.
1: I was, yeah. I think I don't know. I thought, yeah. I was, yeah. I ship it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's, that's fine. Well, I'm glad they. I'm glad they left it in. If Disney were trying to get them to take yeah. it out, I also, in the spirit of intellectual honesty, I should say that I I did well up a little bit. At this sort of ending scene when they say goodbye. I think it was nice. He snaps his fingers, the Christmas lights come on, and Francis it's just Francis stares at them and she turns back and they're gone.
0: I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like a comparable relationship in
1: in movies. Aladdin and the Genie. And it, it, it would be like if before the genie left, he just, he just he kissed, just kissed Aladdin. Aladdin. You know, the one that jumped to my mind
0: was if at the end of Shrek, John <laughs> Shrek started kissing. Because <laughs> it's just
1: Doggy just annoying Shrek the whole movie And then suddenly they start making out <laughs> suddenly, suddenly Doggy's like Shrek I have to go now Shrek and then leans
0: in for a <laughs> time. <attempt a> kiss <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry
1: I'm sorry Shrek I'm needed I'm needed elsewhere Shrek <laughs> My heart will always be with you And then, and then They share a kiss <laughs> He sweeps him up in his hooves <laughs> They share a kiss. Fiona looks on, <laughs>
0: smiling. It's just it felt a little out of nowhere for me, but I'm glad the
1: director stuck to his guns and didn't. Yeah, the right and thing. pushed for it, yeah. Um, yes, absolutely shocking from the Disney Channel. So, Darwin can't sleep. Uh I, the film could end here, yeah, but there is like this little sort of epilogue scene. Darwin can't sleep. He comes into Francis's room, she says, Don't be scared, uh, the boogeyman can't hurt you. And Darwin says because I, I guess we haven't frightened the children enough. Darwin says <laughs> yeah. that he's not scared of the boogeyman because he saw how Francis dealt yeah. with him. He's scared of getting sick again. That's right, kids.
0: It could happen to any one of you.
1: Yeah. Uh And uh, Francis says, well, have you talked to Larry about it? Darwin says, yeah, I did. And Larry said that you could help me. You could tell me how grown-ups keep from being scared. Mm. Um, and Francis thinks and she says, I guess they know that being afraid doesn't help. Yeah, it's kind of like pretending you're not scared yeah. and pretty soon.
0: You're not afraid anymore.
1: My anxiety riddled ass could have really used this film in 1999. This could have, this could have really, Uh, but I feel like my ass would have been anxiety riddled (laughs) after seeing it. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like if I could have just had this bit, it could have been a really Mm. sort of helpful thing for my worldview in 1999, but there's no way I could have seen this bit without having my mind shattered (laughs) by every preceding scene. By Clive
0: Barker's decom. Exactly. So
1: like it would have been a net loss. Certainly. Mm. Um, Yeah. uh,
0: So she kind of teaches him how not to be afraid anymore. Um, He says it takes a lot of imagination to become a grown-up. And she says it sure does. Kisses him on the forehead. And then behind their pillows are the two imaginary friends.
1: Zoe and Larry watching over them protectively, and then they vanish. Fade to black. Boogie Wonderland plays over the credits. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: good. (laughs) 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 Boogie (laughs) Wonderland. The children... Their their jaws slack. (laughs) Stare at the screen. They don't know what has
1: happened, but they know that they are forever changed. What I'm picturing is like, dad coming home from work. He opens the door, goes into his house. Boogie Wonderland is playing from the TV. A spilled bottle of Sunny Delight is on the floor and his children are nowhere to be seen. (laughs) He he notices a sort of like trembling from like (laughs) deep within a sofa cushion. It's... Oh. So, yeah,
0: that was Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh. Um, and absolutely wild. Absolutely bonkers. Ch- just every choice yeah. is Good.
1: bizarre in a completely different direction. The director of this, who is called uh, Kenneth Johnson, also directed mm-hmm. the first Xenon. Wow. Wow, they're so different. They are so different. I mean, that's range. Yeah, it was written by Mark Edward Edens, Whose IMDB credits include a lot of kids' TV, including, interestingly, the Beetlejuice TV cartoon. Oh, uh, yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. So like I seem to uh, that you sort of I don't know. I, I just noted that particularly because But it's like th- but these aren't it doesn't strike me that this is a sort of production team specialized. It's like this production was cursed by an actual <laughs> devil. <laughs> by the actual boogie it's like the actual boogeyman's hand is is yeah. is in
0: this. Yeah, it's like this film didn't have a boogeyman in it originally, but yeah. every time they tried to film normal scenes in it, the boogeyman <laughs> showed up on the film later yeah. when they were editing they're it. they're like, all right,
1: I guess, you know what will be easy? I guess
0: it's about a boogeyman it's about now. a
1: boogeyman. That'll be fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, man, every frame of this film's got the devil's face in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
0: okay, we'll work around it. Air it. Not paying to reshoot this? <laughs> no way. Work the
1: devil's face into the film. <laughs> but it's for children. I don't care. No, this is good, actually. This is going to take a yeah. lot of the heat off Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Unfortunately, the devil's face appeared all over <laughs> Disneyland Paris. Oh, damn it. Oh, no. Oh, what are they asked? <laughs> oh. oh, poor Eisner. What luck.
0: <laughs> what rotten luck. <laughs> what is causing this, he says? it can't be this cursed dagger i took from the team <laughs> so it must be something else i guess we'll never know
1: oh, oh my gosh yeah this movie is good yeah yeah i think um i'm gonna stick with what i said earlier this isn't my favorite decom because i love brink and i love motocross so far of the ones we've covered they're still my favorite mm, johnny bit. tsunami yeah, yeah. For me, it's yeah, Brink and right Motocross. There. Johnny Tsunami is third. I mean, I think I feel yeah. like maybe you would put Johnny Tsunami higher, which is absolutely fair. I love Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Um, but I, I just love those island vibes, yeah. man. But I do think this is the best film. It's like it
0: feels like the most competently directed, the most interesting visually. It's accomplished.
1: This I would describe this film as yeah.
0: accomplished. <laughs> it's got something like really genuinely like inventive. Uh practical effects and scene transitions uh there is like yeah there's in my notes i've just i've written like this is good about six times yeah. when things have happened yeah.
1: um and it's like
0: genuinely if as someone as a person who loves horror yeah it's got some really effective creepy
1: unsettling psychological horror i'm glad you said that because i i thought this movie was yeah I, I thought exactly the same thing but i don't consider myself an authority on the genre in the same way that i consider you so i'm yeah i'm Hmm. pleased that you yeah no it's really well done oh boy would you like to hear something about horse hearts i would love to okay yeah what a nice change of pace yeah um you know what i'll read this email and you tell me if you think it's more or less gruesome then you don't look under the bed okay so this comes from harry thanks for emailing harry listeners if you want to get in touch with the show you can do so by emailing us at momcantcookpod at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on anything, but especially on Don't Look Under the Bed. I, you know what? Actually, please. I would be particularly interested in hearing from anyone who watched this when they were a kid. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. If you can, like, let me know of what you remember, because obviously it would have been a long time ago. You know, what were your, like, memories of this film? Like, what were your impressions then? Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. Anyway, Harry writes... In Ready to Run, you joke about Mr Machado's insistence that a horse also needs a heart to win a race. As it turns out, heart is very important for a winning racehorse, as evidenced by beloved Australian thoroughbred Far Lap, spelt P-H-A-R-L-A-P, if you want to look up Far Lap, which I have done and it's interesting, whose heart was twice the size of a regular horse's weighing over six kilograms alone. He had an incredible record coming first in more than two thirds of the races he ever ran until he was poisoned to death by his owners in 1932 when they gave him a mix of cocaine and arsenic in an effort to make him run even faster. <laughs> Instead, they made him run as slow as it's possible to <laughs> yeah. run because he died. He's running. He's coming first in more than two thirds of the races. How much faster do you need this horse? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um anyway harry says you can visit his huge preserved heart at the national museum of (laughs) australia and his flayed skin is on display at te papa museum of new zealand typing it out it sounds horrible but australia really does love this horse there's even a question about him in our citizenship test they tenderly flayed his skin (laughs) lovingly (laughs) lovingly flayed oh my god um yeah his hide is in the Melbourne Museum, his skeleton's in the Museum of New Zealand, and his heart is in the National Museum of Australia. It's like well, they've go. chopped up Dracula, like he can't, his body parts <laughs> can't be <laughs> allowed can't to can't re- reform. Yeah, can't be allowed to be kept on the same continent. Wow. Oh. Okay. Great. Yeah, so good. There you go. Far Lap. Interesting Wikipedia read. Right, okay. Uh, is there any other business we need to uh, get onto? The next episode, if all goes well, mm. uh, should be the Live recording of Tower of Terror, right? Yes. A Halloween show. Which at the time of recording we right. haven't done yet, but we will.
0: Yes. But we will. And you'll be able to listen to yeah. that next time on Mom Can't Cook. So you're viewing your your homework for next time is, I suppose, the TV movie Tower of That's Terror. That's right, based on the theme park ride, which is a lift that goes drops you. Yeah. How will they turn that out into a film, I wonder? Poorly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to wonder. Yeah.
0: answer is poorly
1: poorly. all right uh if you're desperate for more mom can't cook and you just can't wait you don't have to wait just go to patreon.com forward slash extra helpings and you can get bonus episodes every fortnight of the podcast uh right in your podcast feed it integrates beautifully with basically every major podcast app Mm -hmm. including spotify now so yeah miss out join Check it from out. the gang we're talking to, go to yeah. patreon.com forward slash extra helpings
0: we also have merch at momcantcookstore.com. that's the one check it out alright
1: get yourself a t-shirt okay I am off to try and get some of this sunny D out of the carpet
0: yep and I am going to check back under the bed because now I'm worried I'm going to take my dog off the roof you've persuaded me the boogeyman is going to is going to be wearing all my shoes
1: <laughs> you hope that's the best case scenario that's
0: the best case scenario Worst-case scenario. Something involving tendrils. Dog <laughs> <laughs> full of tendrils oh. and on the roof.